You are listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, still open science. This is episode six, and today's topic is peer reviewing. My guest today is professor at the Department of Medical Biology at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway, Bo Smesøy. Bo Smesøy, welcome to this uh, podcast episode. Thank you. So before we get uh, into the issues with uh, today's peer reviewing, could you explain how the system works uh, at the university today? I'll try to do this shortly. Uh, it's um, it, it's it's an absolutely necessary system for the research that universities produce, um, because uh, peer review is exactly the same as quality control. It's literally the only step of quality control we have when we do our research and before we can publish it. So it's it's uh, it's very necessary to to do this. Peer review means um, quality control performed by uh, your colleagues. Peer is colleague or, or people working in the same field as yourself. And review is review, control, whatever. Reading it over and see if it if the material is of high enough quality to be published. So how exactly does this ecosystem of peer reviewing look like? It's part of uh, what you may call uh, the publishing uh, organism. <laughs> and uh, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's not obvious uh, how this uh, organism is made up, but I'll try to uh, point it out. You have different partners or not partners but uh, stakeholders uh, one very important stakeholder would be the university and another very important stakeholder is the organizations that publish it publishing houses so at first sight it is a relationship between largely between universities and publishing houses but that's not the whole story because you have many more stakeholders. You have to look into, uh, for instance, who finances the universities. It's the research councils, uh, it's the government, uh, so, and, and who is performing uh, the research that is finally being published, it's the researchers. And so the university is just a, a kind of a place where all this happens, where all the research is being done and where uh, manuscripts are being written and where peer review is being uh, taking place. Uh, so the university is a very important stakeholder here. And of course, uh, what people understand what people see the surface of this is very much the publishing houses when we read articles we either uh, read them through computers on the screen or we pick a book in the library and read it and that's especially when you hold these things in your hand you have the feeling that you are holding part of uh, a publishing house in your hands but that's not true you're holding part of your taxpayers' money in your hands. And uh, so I, I guess 
I really want to come back to this uh, a little later. Yeah, uh, so, so let's um, uh, get some more into the system here because the whole peer review system seems to be a good tradition where, where researchers help each other out and by working some spare hours uh, peer reviewing, they contribute to important uh, scientific progress uh, and not uh, for the sake of themselves, but, but for science itself. But they don't get paid for this by the universities, right? Um. No, this this is a real, real funny thing because uh, everybody knows that we have such a thing as peer review, and uh, and this applies to the researchers, to the librarians, to the politicians. Everybody knows that we have something. It's it's out there somewhere. It's just happening, and uh, so the, the question. Uh, as to who's paying for this is a very important and central question. If you ask publishing houses um, how much they pay for having this peer review being done, they say, well, practically nothing. It's the cheapest part of the whole publishing process. And that's true in their eyes. Um, and uh, they, of course, want it to be that way because uh, uh, when you dig into this matter a little bit, if you look at peer review and the value of it, the worth of it, um, the fact is that without peer review, uh, these these publishing houses would just go down the drain, uh, and and that's that's a thing we should all be aware of. And uh, people, most people are not really aware of this this very strong position of peer review. I, as a researcher, for instance, uh, will do peer review because I think it's my duty to uh, to do this, to serve the uh, research community. And uh, often I, I uh, accept um, a request to do peer review when uh, a journal asks me. So I do this and many people do it. And I think what we, I think we should look into the, some numbers here. There have been uh, studies on how many hours researchers, especially university researchers, spend doing this um, internationally. Uh, so on an annual basis, on a global basis, we're talking about uh, maybe 70 million hours. And now this starts to be something. It's not something we do uh, when we have uh, finished doing our hobbies. We turn to a few minutes of doing a peer review. Peer review is a very important time-costing process, but it's still invisible. Um, and it's invisible and really not really understood by those who pay for uh, the research going on, the publishing going on. So in my agenda uh, is that we have to start looking uh, more closely into this. What is this thing which is so necessary for uh, research today? So, so I'm guessing your point is that peer reviewing is such a large thing that um, researchers actually do it on, on their work hours. Yeah. Um, res well, researchers do... Um, of course, a lot of work between uh, 
or during the work hours, uh, between eight and four or whatever you call work hours. Uh, but most researchers also do work uh, in the afternoons, in, in, in weekends and things to, you know, to prepare lectures, uh, to write papers, etc., etc. Uh, one of the things we do as researchers is, of course, to do uh, peer review and we do it during daytime, during evenings, during weekends, whenever. Uh, so uh, this is the way a researcher works. Uh, you can't really talk about what is work hours for a researcher. And uh, well, this is this is okay. This is the way we live. Yeah. So it's 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 part of what we do. So, so what's the issue here? Because um, you know it's not illegal to make money and and make money on on s smart ways if um, if if researchers are willing to to do this work. Um, so, so how does this affect us in a bad way? Uh, it's um, now we're coming to uh, the money of the whole game, the cost of the game, cost of publishing. It is a very funny fact that uh, universities today pay. Oh, this is uh, on a uh, on, on a world basis. Uh, it's estimated that universities pay. Uh, in the order of a hundred billion kroner per year to have access to journals where their own researchers have produced research. A hundred billion kroner. Uh, this is serious and it's a problem of today uh, because we are bleeding money to the big uh, publishing houses. And the bad thing is that these publishing houses are having revenues that are unheard of. Uh, not many businesses would have a surplus, a net surplus of uh, 40%, which is very often the case with uh, big publishing houses. It's a wonderful, wonderful business model. But this can't continue. We have to do something. But we, because uh, taxpayers' money are channeled away from the universities to the pockets of uh, the, the owners of the big publishing houses. And this is uh, why it's so important to analyze uh, the different pieces and stakeholders of, of the publishing uh, uh, regime. Peer review is so important. It's invisible. But without it, this business model of the publishing houses would fail completely. So we have to look closer into what who's who's doing this peer reviewing. Um, is it just a hobby? Uh, should it be a hobby? Uh, the, the answer in my head would be, of course, not. It's not a hobby. It's a very serious uh, task to do. But the universities don't care. We have, uh, I can tell you that we had, uh, We've been doing this uh, discussion for uh, some years now in, in a, what I call a think tank between me and a few other people, most librarians uh, at the university. And um, we have uh, been discussing this uh, peer review issue uh, and tried to look into uh, what is going on here. And um, it's quite clear that the university don't care. They don't care at all. You don't, I can do as much uh, peer review I would like to, uh, the university don't care. Uh, and and, uh, and this, is, um, this is a big paradox because uh, 
what I'm doing in a way when I do a peer review is working for free for big commercial uh, enterprises. And uh, if I, on the other hand, take a job uh, in, in a, a company in addition to my university position, I may get punished. Uh, but when I do peer reviewing for uh, the big money makers, the big publishing houses, they don't care. Uh, it's just fine. Do what you want to do. Uh, this is the big paradox here. Who owns peer review? Is it me as a researcher? Is it the uh, publishing houses? Or is it the university, the employers? Of course, it's the university who owns the peer review. It's part of the job that uh, their researchers, their employees do for the salary they pay. And uh, whether we do uh, peer review during work hours or during evenings or weekends or whatever, we do it as part as being uh, employees, as researchers of the university. And so the university should be so interested in what we're doing. Uh, they should tell us how much we should do. They should tell us uh, where to do it. This is opening up an issue that is not very easy to discuss because we're touching onto things like academic freedom, etc., etc. So we can talk about that a little later, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But what's the alternative here? Do you have any any clear ideas of of how uh, how peer reviewing it could be implemented in the system that it actually works and that the universities get something back from it? Yeah. Um, our advice, I, I mentioned briefly uh, what I call the think tank, uh, what we've been discussing, is that uh, the university should be conscious about uh, the, the, the gold limp that they're owning, that, that is the, uh, the, the peer review. They, own, they have uh, the experts who can do this peer review, and, uh, but they do not uh, develop it any further. They just know that it's there um, and they're pleased to, do, to, to know it's there, but they do nothing to, to develop it or, or evaluate it. And so we think that uh, peer review should be part of the university uh, curriculum. It should be as important as research itself. There's a lot of ethics uh, into, uh, in, in, in um, peer review. Um, it's very briefly mentioned in, in research courses, but it should be mentioned much more. Uh, also, peer review hasn't developed much during the last, well, uh, 50, 100 years. Uh, and uh, it's about time to, to, to start uh, developing it, it uh, in an academic way try to find out uh, how can peer review be done uh, better, uh, how should we do this uh, differently. And these things can only be done if the university takes ownership and implement it into uh, what they are doing and how they want their uh, researchers and employees to work with it. Today, there is nothing. It's just happening. And this is irresponsible. Um, so, so much about... Um, the field of peer review. But the most important thing would be that the university should grab this possibility to squeeze the publishing houses, 
because the system as it works now is that the publishing houses can take as much as the university is able to pay to, to sell back their, their uh, uh, journals to the universities. The prices are totally unheard of. We talk about negotiations that are not really negotiations. It's just a statement of how, how the universities, how much they have to pay. That's the reality. And so the, the big commercial publishing houses uh, uh, rule the field completely. The universities are defenseless. Uh, they have to pay. But if the universities would take up this idea of using peer review as a negotiation card and play it, it should be possible to force down the prices in negotiations with the publishing houses. Because if the universities say that to the publishing houses that uh, if you don't reduce prices to a more reasonable level, our researchers will not do peer review for you. And if this is being done in, in a larger context in, in, in uh, consortia, uh, several countries going together, just like now with the open access, uh, is happening under EU. It should happen uh, with peer reviewing as well. It's a fantastic, uh, call it weapon or negotiation card to, uh, for the, uh, the universities to come up on, on, on the same level as uh, the uh, publishing houses in negotiations. The result of this could be is that uh, prices are forced down and uh, open access may even be negotiated uh, through using uh, the peer review as, as a, a negotiation card because without peer review, without the quality control, uh, as I said previously, um, uh, these publishing houses would fall down immediately. Uh, they would lose uh, credibility. I'm guessing uh, one way to, to start is also to, if the universities um, are going to dictate um, what uh, what journals you are peer reviewing, they should also maybe uh, reward uh, the scientists for doing peer review in, in some way. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree completely. There's been um, a lot of attempts to uh, give researchers um, credit for doing peer review, but this happens outside the universities. It's uh, Publons, for instance, uh, is an organization or a, a system that where you can register and uh, have your uh, review uh, activities being yeah, registered and to, to put on your CV, etc. But the, the thing is that many of these ideas are now owned by the big publishing houses themselves. Uh, we have to get away from that. And uh, the, the university should uh, have as part of uh, the work task of uh, the researchers to do teaching, of course, to do research and to do peer review. And uh, so uh, just in the same way as universities count the number of hours you teach, count the number of publications you publish, the university should also go into uh, look into uh, how much people are doing peer reviewing and uh, uh, count it as well and register uh, it and uh, use it uh, as part of you know the work task of, of their employees. Today, this doesn't happen. It's, it's peer review is invisible, as I said. It should be made visible. There are so many 
good things that could come out of it if one does. Um, you mentioned academic freedom, um, and if the university uh, dictates where one should do peer review, for instance, uh, only open access journals, um, then I guess the individual researcher is limited in ways to contribute to science, uh, ways to engage themselves in in uh, new research and even uh, networking with with uh, journals they have a relationship with. Um, how do you answer that? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this is, uh, of course, um, uh, a challenge. But uh, when you draw the card of uh, academic freedom, you should be aware that uh, this train has left long ago. <laughs> uh, what a researcher does today, uh, to, to just uh, point to an example, what the researchers do today is when they publish something, when they send their manuscript to uh, a journal, uh, the journal would uh, take it and own it, uh, the copyright, etc. And uh, what about academic freedom there? This is a big paradox. Another thing, during the last years, there's been uh, several attempts to uh, implement open access. And uh, several of those attempts uh, have included uh, universities denying their uh, employees to... Uh, send their manuscripts to certain journals or publishing houses. Um, isn't that loss of academic freedom? Um, so we, what we are talking about here is we have an immensely difficult situation. We can't live with this system of, of having these publishing houses uh, making money to such an extent on, on the research we're doing. We have to no, I wouldn't call it sacrifice it, but we have to think differently. We have to, or all of us have to contribute to make a stop to this. Uh, and uh, so uh, open access is, of course, one very important thing. Um, and uh, peer review uh, would also contribute greatly. But uh, we, the researchers, can't operate as individual private persons dealing with uh, scholarly publishing houses. This is a thing that must be dealt with between the universities and the publishing houses. So that's one of the secrets is that uh, we, we, we can't deal with this privately uh, between uh, researchers and the publishing houses. It's, uh, it's, it's the university thing. Uh, so Bor, uh, you are a professor yourself and you do peer review, as you mentioned. Uh, why do you do it in today's system? Yeah. Uh, I think we are in a transi transition phase. I, I do peer review because I have done it and I think it's right. Uh, what I do not think is right is the power, immense power that these publishing houses have on me and the universities. But I, of course, I, I want to take part in the development of research by uh, using my knowledge to give uh, people advice and uh, to make sure that manuscripts are published in a way that I think is correct using my experience um, as a researcher. So uh, I take part in it on an old-fashioned manner. I'm dealing with this as if I lived 50 years ago before the big publishing houses ever existed. Uh, back in those days, I wasn't old enough to do research then, but <laughs> uh, back in those days people 
uh, dealt with uh, ideal organizations, uh, non-profit organizations. And people did peer review for each other. And uh, it was obvious that there shouldn't be any salaries. It was part of uh, the ideal life of the researcher. Today, we are acting as if the world has stood still since that time. It doesn't. It's, it's been an immense development, and uh, especially the, uh, uh, the profit of uh, publishing houses has come into play. Back in well, 50 years ago, there wasn't an issue. It wasn't an issue at all. These, these ideal uh, journals, non-profit journals, have been bought up one after the other and implemented in, in uh, the big publishing houses as part of their business model. So we are experiencing um, a very strange mixture of ideal researchers, ideal research, and profit-based publishing. My idea here, or what I see, ha having been into this discussion for many years now, is that we, the researchers, are immensely naive. Of course, we're doing what we have to do. We do research, etc. But we think that uh, things are just happening. Um, for instance, we don't care about how much uh, the universities or the taxpayers pay for publishing the research that we are doing because it's not our business, we think. But it is our business. And uh, we should all contribute to change this now. To, to be a, a better system. The system would uh, make possible to do better research, more research. Think, think about this money, the sum of money I mentioned, uh, 100 billion kroner a year worldwide. If only half of it could be paid back to the universities, think about how much research we could do for those money. Today it's just evaporating into the pockets of uh, stakeholders of the publishing houses. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Same. Hi there, and thank you for still listening to our podcast. This podcast is produced by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter on opensciencetalk.com. And please take part in the discussions following these podcasts on our Twitter, which is at UBTromso. Thanks for listening. <laughs>